You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Founded by Fireman with Chris Clark. The 2007 South Carolina class was. At that time, sixth in the country and fourth in the SEC. It's just amazing. West Mitchell. You know, I think if you're South Carolina, you're you're aiming to, to at least be at 50%. Then in theory, you're adding talent, you're getting better, you're putting yourself in a position to compete. And Tyler Head. It's been a great week for South Carolina. On the recruiting front, still certainly plenty to talk about. On the home of the Gamecocks. 107.5. The Game. And welcome into the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs. Tyler Head, Wes Mitchell, and Chris Clark along with you on this Wednesday. Uh, welcome back, Chris. Didn't have you in here uh, yesterday. Um, guys, I want to actually ask you this really quick. I wrapped up the last hour of the Extra Point talking about these proposals for clock rules in college football trying to shorten up the game. And, and uh, the proposals on the table are, are simple as not being able to call back-to-back timeouts to going to the extreme of the clock running after throwing incomplete passes. Um, you know, I got a lot of reactions for this on the text line. Nobody here wants college football games to be shorter. Like, is is this really a need? or Do we really need to shorten the games up anymore? These proposals are lame, is uh, the answer to your question, Tyler. Um, I, I will say this. College football games have have gotten just incredibly long. Possibly too long as far as the amount of time you have to contribute to watch a game. However, um, a a big part of that is just the amount of downtime Mm -hmm. and the amount of commercials. And I am fully aware that those big SEC TV contracts come along with uh, both pros and cons. The pros being that the teams get some odd multi-millions of dollars every year off of it. And the cons are that you have that guy wearing the red hat walk out there and stop you from playing football. Right. What seems like every seven minutes of the game. Um, I, I saw an estimate that what this may take like nine to 11 plays off the off of a game if you do some of these things. I am in no way a fan of the clock um, continuing to run in some of these situations because it completely changes the strategy of the game. Sure, the inside two minutes that that's been used, you know, in the past as like a uh, kind of a marker, but late game starts well before two minute situation. A, a late game situation can be when there's three minutes left. It can be when there's four and a half minutes left. If you're down by two scores, you're late game when it's six minutes left. So right. I personally hate that thought i um I, I think there have to be ways we've seen this in mlb um you see it i mean i don't watch soccer but you see it in that as well there are ways to sort of integrate it's a good segue for later mm-hmm. there are ways to integrate your advertising into the flow of the sport and we see that in mm-hmm. baseball sometimes in between like a pitch or something they'll do like a They'll do like a quick outro and talk about a business 
and you never actually go away from the game. Right. Uh, we see soccer interviews where they like roll up that big thing with all the companies behind the guy uh, that has a bunch of logos on it. Right. So I, I think there are ways to continue to maybe cut down on the overall time and use just less traditional advertising because that may be a more efficient way to get these companies in front of your fans than even the traditional way. Because I don't know about y'all, I don't really watch commercials anymore. If it's DVR'd, I fast forward. Sure. And if it's uh, not DVR'd, that's when I go to the kitchen. So well, I uh, I just, I don't know. And that's the point I brought up. I'm 26 years old. I fall right into that demographic of short attention span. When a commercial break comes on for two to three minutes, I'm looking at my phone, Twitter, texting, whatever it may be. So your advertisement's not really getting home to me. There are plenty of commercials that I've heard a hundred times, and then I watch it one time, like on you know a hundred on the hundred and first time. And I'm like, wow, I've never actually looked at this commercial. I've only heard it. Um, so again, it's not very effective for me. But when you do that side by side thing, like the NFL, like the MLB do, you're at least yes, I'm looking at the TV screen. I may not be looking at your Duracell ad. But at least in my peripheral vision, having a better effect than me looking at my phone and it being background noise. Hold on. We're playing. Uh, I got it. There we go. We're playing musical mics here. With, uh, the mics here. Yeah. There we go. It's number that's two. It, that's what happens when Chris skips a couple of days I, I skip of work. A couple t- just one. Wait. No. Well, we were off no, Monday, right. so it's kind of like two. Yeah, Friday. It's like well, two. no, you guys Friday. are on Friday too. It's three, That's right. Three days, and I have no idea how to use the mics anymore in here. He does have three mics over the, there. So. Yeah, I'm just going to put all of them together at once, and we'll see which one takes hold. Yeah, but like this isn't a consumer problem, so we shouldn't worry about it as much. And, and generally, college football fans are not going to worry about it. But it is kind of interesting because now these networks are having to weigh all that in. Like the red hat guy that we all—it's not his fault. We can't stand him though. Every time he walks out on the field, he's very annoying when you're at the game. You know, it's, I feel like it's even worse when you're at the game than watching on TV. Because like you guys said, get on Twitter, start texting people with their game takes. Go to the kitchen, go to the bathroom, go cook something, whatever it may be. At the game, it's even worse. But commercials are obviously an important part. Advertising is an important part. So for these networks, we've even seen some talk from Disney to ESPN Jimmy Pitaro was talking about this recently where he's kind of gotten this directive of, hey, man, we got to be a little bit more careful with how much we're spending on TV rights, billions of dollars. It's obviously very valuable to have these broadcasts, but, you know, one big reason they get them, well, they can sell advertising. So as Wes said, to increase or better the consumer experience, not bog everybody down with a million TV timeouts and keep the game going, you've got to find some non traditional ways that's that's one of the reasons i like watching soccer so much it's yeah there's going to be some stoppage time for a guy rolling around writhing in pain and then he's fine one second later um there's going to be some stoppages but in general the game is still going and i don't think fans want to lessen scoring we've seen in basically all sports how can you score more right and going back to wes wes's point about if they were to do the thing like the clock running on first down, that would cut down the number of plays. In college football, the average amount of plays per game is 180. The NFL, where the clock does not stop on first down, is 155. So you're mm. talking about cutting anywhere between 20 and 30 plays out of a college football game if this, which I feel like is the most likely rule to happen, were to be put into effect. Well, you know, I, I think when you start talking about 
you can't have back-to-back timeouts. That's not, for one, how you don't see back-to-back timeouts yeah, you're very talk, often. You're talking about saving two minutes once or twice a week over the course of the entire college football landscape, that kind of thing. When Spurrier was here, we saw it a couple times. We did, and, and we <laughs> to, wished, we wished it didn't game. exist. So, <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I, I don't have any problem with that rule, but, yeah. uh, you know, I, I think the other ones just, you're talking about actually changing the flow of the game, and there, there are ways, I, I think ultimately... This is something, I've said this for a long time, fans are going to push back on this as well, but ultimately you're going to see advertisements on the jerseys yep. of players. That's going to eventually come. You you could see advertising as much as we see from the referees. Why not slap an ad on them as well? However, I will just say don't put FTX on there like MLB did. That didn't work out too well. But, um, you know, I, I think if, if you're going to continue to have all the sort of um, commercialism of college sports, which is not going away, then you just have to figure out a way to do it more efficiently. But I, the good thing is, I think you can do that sure. without completely changing your game. People, you're 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 not making your product better by saying we're going to shorten the game, but we're giving you less of what you actually want to see. So percentage wise. You're you're saying, all right, you're actually going to see more advertising. And no one has ever sat around and said, I can't wait to watch the ads on this college football game this weekend. So I'm. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. I'm completely open to change. I'm completely open to conversations about rule changes. They're not all bad, even though people push back against all change. However, shortening the actual game itself less plays not here for that let's just find a way to do this more efficiently and i mean yes they have they have the technology to put a freaking 3d logo of whatever company you want on the middle of the field in between a play so you're telling me you wouldn't rather watch the geico lizard pop up um in the huddle or something in between a play as opposed to seeing additional actual traditional advertising that puts everybody to sleep and if y'all not noticed on the streaming stuff it's the same commercial yeah over and over over and ever watch a game that's not really on the major network like you know the sec network plus you're watching a baseball game or a basketball game on there it's the same four commercials the entire game yeah and i even get with the service that i use that i will not promote i even get uh the enjoy the zen sometimes um, the little, it's like nature or something. It's, it's cool every now and then, but honestly, I'll take an advertisement during the game over that. Right. So give me more of that. You guys actually are talking a lot about integrations and media, 3D on your TV. Great time to tell everybody about the fine folks at Integrated Media. Um, streaming, Wes, as you mentioned earlier, when you're watching these games, regardless of whether or not you like the commercials, whether or not you're seeing advertisements during the game, however long the game is, what, however the game is going, you want to make sure that you're having the best possible experience 
We can't control some things like rule changes, but we can control how we watch the game. So check out our friends Michael and Nathan at Integrated Media. They can give you home theater solutions, audio and video, TV installations. If you need something as simple as a soundbar and a TV mounted, or if you need a whole home, smart home solution where you can control all your devices, your security system wirelessly from your phone, Integrated Media can make that happen. Go check out some examples of some of the systems that they've put in by checking out their Facebook page and their Instagram, Integrated Media Columbia, or you can give them a call, 803-948-8327, or visit their website at integratedmediainc.com. So you brought up a really good point about soccer and the way that, and of course a soccer game isn't really designed to have commercial breaks because it is a continue running clock, but they do have like the the banner advertisements basically going around the entire stadium. You know, could you do something like that with football where you have banners on the TV sideline where you're constantly running ads while the game is going on? You know, I, I look at what hockey does where they kind of almost use the green screen effect on the sides of the rink where, mm-hmm. you know, when they do like a, um, a low angle camera, you can see the local ads, but when it's the like wide regular TV shot, it's whatever ad TV wants to play. Like there's a lot of ways you can do this that I certainly think uh, hopefully they're thinking about for the, uh, you know, next line of these media deals once they start up. Well, I think there there will be some pushback on that from some people, old school people, but it's still a far more efficient way to do it than just saying, hey, we're going to stop everything right, and go to an advertisement. I mean, when they... And, you know, I have, I don't really pay that much attention to the actual structure of when they go to an ad and, like, uh, the mechanics of that. But doesn't it feel like, I mean, how many times have you seen, like, a score and then they go to commercial, then there's a kickoff, and then it feels like they go to a commercial again. And it's just like you are completely just hammered over the head with uh, these commercial breaks. So I, I think there are, there are way more efficient ways to do it. And, again, people may not like that but it's better than the alternative it's like um you know would you if you gave them a choice though would they rather have a new more streamlined ad system versus more traditional ads i think most everybody would ultimately realize the more streamlined efficient ads even though they're a little bit distracting which is what they're supposed to be actually (laughs) is uh is a much better way to do it all right, we're going to run into our first timeout, come back on the other side, talk a little bit of spring football. But first, Gamecock Baseball back in action today for their fifth game of the season, coming up, up, up at 4 o'clock at Founders Park. First pitch can be heard right here on 107.5 The Game, pregame starting at 345. I have a pair of tickets for you to win to go out to this afternoon's game. Just be caller number 5 at 803-404-6100, and you'll win those tickets. Be right back on the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour Presented by Firehouse Subs. It's the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour. Presented by Firehouse Subs. Founded by Firemen. With Chris Clark, Wes Mitchell, and Tyler Head. On your home of the Gamecocks. 107.5 The Game. And welcome back into the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour. Presented by Firehouse Subs. Tyler, Wes, and Chris along with you. Guys, today is February the 22nd. We are just a little under two months away from the spring game coming up in April. So plenty of time between now and then. But obviously you have a lot of new faces for the Gamecock football team on campus. And one big thing that takes place this time of year is putting a little bit of size on these guys coming in. And that's certainly uh, already taking place for the Gamecocks. Yeah, so um, colleague Colin Taylor, shout out. He's 
right outside the door right now. Actually, after doing his show earlier today, he took the time to put together the South Carolina number and weight assignments this year on Gamecock Central. And, you know, we we can discuss uh, sort of the fact that heights and weights are always kind of uh, debated on, um, you know, how accurate they are. But, you know, I, I think Steve Fink and those guys do a good job of keeping the official roster uh, pretty close to reality, which is, you know, maybe more than you can say for some places. But, uh, Chris, we got some new information. I think it's always interesting to maybe compare the sizes compared to last year, for one, and two, to just see what the new guys are listed at. And, you know, you get a little bit of information off of that from when they're first, uh, you know, listed as signees. But I, I think you get a little bit more when you see what they're listed as as actual student athletes. And, you know, for the fans, by the way, this is a free article, so go check it out, GamecockCentral.com. I know the fans enjoy seeing what numbers guys will wear. But, you know, I think the more interesting thing is just seeing these official heights and uh, weights of guys. Yeah, there's some really, really interesting numbers in here. Um, the one that stood out, Pup Howard, 6'4", 242. Wow. Like, we knew... How many people have you talked to, Wes, where you're like... I mean, Pup enrolled in January. He went through bowl practice with the team, or portion of the bowl practices. And we heard from so many people, like, man, this guy is really, really impressive in a lot of ways, especially physically. Like, you just look at him, he looks the part. He does not look like a typical freshman. But that was, I would say a little bit more than I expected, especially on the weight. Mm-hmm. Carolina, by the way, has three different guys listed at 6'4", 242. Hmm. That's a very interesting... Maurice Brown is another one who is um, actually a guy that could make some noise, a walk-on from the DMV area. Tight end, tight end. Yo. Yep. Pup Howard, 6'4", 242, and... Well, Reed McKeska's 242, but he's 6'6". Josh Simon is also another tight end. Transfer from Western Kentucky, 6'4", 242. So did the scale get just like <laughs> stuck at 242? <laughs> it's a for, glitch. For a few guys. No, I, and I'll say this, man. You mentioned um, you, you mentioned Maurice Brown, a.k.a. Mo Brown. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mo Brown Part 2, I guess. <laughs> he had mentioned, or, or you had mentioned that this was a walk-on who could be maybe better than what people think typically think of for a walk-on and i actually heard that since he's arrived as well like hey this guy this guy might be somebody to keep an eye on so tight tight end room is going to look much different than a year ago and i think they still feel pretty good about where they are at that spot though i I think uh, you know to a man i I think that they think that position is going to be just fine i'll tell you what i was a little surprised at how big trey knox is gonna wear number one by the way, but listed at 250 pounds. You know, he's a wide receiver turned tight end, obviously. He played tight end for Arkansas last year. And sometimes it seems like, Chris, when these guys have to bump up in weight to play a different position, even when they get to a certain weight, they struggle to maybe maintain it. You know, sometimes you'll see guys get to a certain weight and they maybe realize – wow, I've lost some of my explosiveness. I've lost some of my speed. I'm not the same person at this weight. And you maybe see that weight regress a little bit. In this case, you know, according to Colin's article, 
he is five pounds heavier than he was listed with Arkansas last year. And so that, that's a guy that I, I think Carolina fans are rightfully excited about. I think they should be. He's uh, someone that's probably going to be a starter this year. I think that's a pretty safe assumption. But, you know, may, maybe is a little bit better situated to do some of the things you ask a a complete tight end to do this year than, than maybe I realized coming in. Yeah, and it seems like South Carolina and Trey Knox, they want to utilize him in a way that's really going to maximize what his skill set is. And, of course, if you look back at him in high school coming out of Tennessee, Justin Stepp recruited and signed him to Arkansas. He was a receiver. He was a big receiver, certainly not 250 pounds, not even 240 pounds, but a bigger receiver. And so he has transitioned to tight end. But at 250 pounds, Wes, I totally agree. To the extent that you're going to ask him to block somebody in the box or even on the perimeter, um, he's got a better opportunity, I think, to do that. Now, will South Carolina have him do that a lot? I wouldn't think as much just because it's only a kick, a jump, a block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. You know, you don't want to, it's kind of the square peg round hole thing. Trey Knox is a guy that's a really, really good receiver. And so that's kind of the skill set you want to take advantage of. But you look at that tight end room, there is so much conversation. And there are other positions, running back, edge, where you don't feel this good at this point about the replacements, about replenishing those rooms. That that story's still got to be written. We don't know on the tight end room yet, but just on paper with the guys that you've brought in as replacements, whether it is a walk-on like Mo Brown or if it's the guys that they brought in via the transfer portal and the freshmen, you're starting to feel you know pretty good or you probably have felt good about this picture because – of the different types of skill sets you got in. And so you've got Knox, a big guy who can catch the football. You got Josh Simon, who's 6'4", 242 as well. Um, he's a guy that can run. We've heard some good things about him in the offseason too, West, just about his ability to run routes, his level of experience. He's played college ball for quite a while at Western Kentucky. And then Nick Elksness too, may not make as big of an impact this year. He's still relatively inexperienced, but also has some upside, particularly, I think, as a blocker. So picturing the tight end room is, is looking pretty good. No doubt, man. I, I think uh, a couple other things that caught my attention, Sidney Fugar, um, transfer from Western Illinois, 315 pounds now. That's down over 15 pounds from what he was listed at at his previous stop. And uh, actually, sh- shout out my buddy Joe. He pointed out I, I had missed this picture Along the way, there's a picture of uh, Fugar floating around on Twitter where he's pushing a sled, and he looks like a Marvel character. Like he is just massive. And you know, I, I had sort of maybe framed the his addition up as being a guy that I think um, is more of a down. Even though he's a transfer, he has three years left, so he's more of a down the line contributor, in my opinion. Uh, we'll probably hope to work into a backup role potentially this year. You know, I, I don't think he's quite as far along as maybe some of the other guys, but just looking at him physically, Chris, I mean, 
good, like he he looks like an SEC guy. Like you can see very easily why South Carolina was interested or intrigued to uh, to bring this guy in. So he'll be one if if you're making a list. There are maybe some guys ahead of him, but if you're kind of making a list of guys that you're interested or intrigued to get an eye on this spring when we get to watch practice, you know he he's actually moved up this list for me. And, uh, you know, another guy who I think fans have, have let themselves maybe get excited or intrigued about would be D'Angelo Gibbs, uh, listed at 6'1", 218. You know, I, I will caution out of fairness, uh, you know, this isn't even a, a put-down. This is more, I think, I, I look at it more, Chris, as fairness to the players themselves. Like, sometimes if you try to squash big expectations, people will think of it as a negative well, I, I look at it more as a let's be fair to this player. Let's be fair to what the expectations should be. With Gibbs, you know, he people get caught up in the, oh, he's a five-star guy out of high school. And, um, you know, I saw people talking, oh, South Carolina got two five-stars to finish off their class. I, I don't think you can frame it up like that. You know, he took a whole year off of ball. Right now he's just trying to get back into actual playing shape, I think. As of right now, it appears he's going to, sort of start out at South Carolina on the defensive side of the ball. That's something they were sort of going back and forth on. But this is a low-risk, high-reward move to bring him in. Um, you know, the, the balance of this is that, you know, it's kind of a wait-and-see. But the other side of that coin is that he was a five-star for a reason. So there is a baseline of talent there. There is ability there. And we'll just see if South Carolina could possibly – um, you know, pull that out of him. And, I mean, let, let's give credit where it's due. Torian Gray, I mean, two years now we have evidence of him taking what is there and putting a really, really good uh, output on the field from his guys. Well, Torian Gray and Pete Limbo, you know, this is – D'Angelo Gibbs is the, probably the perfect candidate to be someone to go and pick up some of these special teams. Snap South Carolina is losing a good bit on that front. Some of the tight ends – that played a key role, a guy like Darius Rush, who is not only a starter on defense, but a great special teams player. Not saying that you expect that Gibbs is you know, going to start on all the special teams units and be great there, be a straight-up replacement, but he has the traits to potentially do that if he can come in, get back into playing shape, and kind of tap into that potential uh, that he has. There's a few more notes, Wes, in here that I want to talk about on some of these guys. I know That'll be maybe a natural lead into some talking about some position battles, too. Now you got a piece up on that on GamecockCentral.com. Yeah, we're going to head into another timeout. But before we do, I have another pair of tickets to give away. This for tonight's basketball game as they welcome in number 2 Alabama at Colonial Life Arena. Tip-off for that game comes at 9 o'clock, which you can listen to right here on 107.5 The Game. Of course, pregame starting at 8.30. Be caller number 5-803-404-6100 when yourself pair of tickets. We'll be right back with the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour. Presented by Firehouse Subs right here on 107.5 The Game. Central Takeover Hour with Chris Clark, Wes Mitchell, and Tyler Head. On your home of the Gamecocks. 107.5 The Game. Welcome back into the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs. Tyler, Wes, and Chris along with you. Now, Chris, you haven't been in here in over a week, so I'm going to let Wes refresh you on the Firehouse Sub of the Day for Wednesdays, in case you've forgotten. Yeah, call him out, Tyler. Uh, by the way, we can completely refresh Chris on Firehouse Subs this Friday. And uh, for anybody listening, you can do the same. Come on out to 633 Main Street, Columbia, South Carolina. 
29201. The entire 9 to 12 shows will be at that Firehouse Sub live and on location. So come on out. Today is actually the New York Steamer. I've admitted this several times. I've still not tried the New York Steamer. I have my other favorites I always go to. But the sub of the day today, again, that's five ninety nine for a small, seven ninety nine for a medium, is the New York Steamer. There is a sub of the day for every single day of the week. Chris, it has been decided on Friday. I'm going to try the New York Steamer for the first time, and I'm going to let the people know what I think. But you don't have to wait until Friday. I hope you do come see us on Friday. Go ahead. Get the New York Steamer today, Rapid Rescue, order online, or just give them a call, 803-733-9836. That's actually the specific number for that USC one, but there are 14 locations in the Midlands. Hit the Rapid Rescue, and you can find the one closest to you. And I'm going to refresh myself fully on Firehouse Subs, not only what the sub of the day is for each day and have those memorized once again. I'm going to just try every single sub that they have. Yeah, well, you missed, so Meatball Monday, um, none of us were here. Uh, (laughs) That's right. Turkey Bacon Ranch, again, Mm -hmm. three of my favorite things in the world, or two of my three favorite things, to be completely honest. (laughs) Uh, But New York Steamer, never tried it, going to try it on Friday. It'll be outstanding. Uh, By the way, another programming note, tomorrow, Thursday, February 23rd, the Garnet Trust Hour here on 107.5 The Game at 10 a.m. We're going to have Gamecock baseball pitcher James Hicks, who Wes, I understand, going to be coming off a, a little bit of a start. He'll be starting. Uh, so, I, Chris, you're going to be there for that. Yeah. <laughs> Am you're I, gonna, I, I'm you're never show up. Golly, guys. We're, we're going to continue this. Uh, yeah. But no, that's perfect time. Did y'all plan that or just that he was going to be starting and then? I, I'm not I'm not going to tell y'all. Well, y'all well, been, y'all I, been we've heard his me. feelings. I mean, let's hope he has a good outing. Tonight. Yeah, let's hope he plays well. Well, you know, if he, uh, if he doesn't, then we'll... I don't know. Talk about other things. Well, Colin gave him <laughs> high praise. He said he's a good interview. So he's a very good he's interview. Set, he's setting the bar high. We're going to go six for six. Okay. Do y'all think we can take, how long can we take this streak? Well, um, by the way, Tyler, you were right. Even counting Spencer, Taylor Jacobson was five for five. Yep. Like she was fi- our fifth. Okay. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Um, Spencer was on the Gamecock Central Takeover, but, but he, we're still counting. Yeah, that's, still that's the debate we were having. It's like he technically uh, wasn't on the Garnet Trust Hour, but we're still but, counting him. He was yeah. a Garnet Trust guest. That's that, true. That was just a, a scheduling thing. Yes. Yes. So uh, Taylor yesterday was our fifth, and we are five for five. Mm-hmm. However, I mean, it's not like we're going to be like, oh, yep, there we found our dud. I know. That's what <laughs> we're going to go on one day and be like, all right, we're we're, we're 12, seven for eight. Yeah, we're seven for eight. We're not going to say who. <laughs> Was the uh, was well, that, the dud? They're going to be able to guess when the next time they listen and say, "Well, I was the last guest, and now okay. they're seven for eight instead of eight for eight. So it's probably me. We'll just have to take a break from like the count if it happens, and then revisit it, revisit it later, several weeks. Uh, I um, I, I have a goal to get every single one to promise to bring us food next time. So I was going to say, well, we're on a good streak there because Taylor was going to bring us some kind of rice thing that her and her teammates make on TikTok, like. 
Yes. That sounded pretty good. Rice with teriyaki chicken. That's what it was. And, uh, Wes, the rumor, breaking some news, the rumor is that your your idea about a board okay. that it's people happening. can sign, the rumor is that's going to happen. Love it. So Love are y'all going to be able to go back and get we're gonna go the back other five signatures? We're, we're going to take it to them. If it's like 20 feet long we're just or wide, we're just going to walk it up to their... Chris going to be walking board. around campus with this big board with signatures on it. Kendall's probably going to make you film that. She'll probably be filming it. <laughs> yeah, I, I was going to say, she can film it, produce it, edit it, all that. Uh, we were talking before the break about some of the heights and weights updated from Colin Taylor's story. He put that together so that we did not have to research it, Wes, which I appreciated. You don't have to research it either. You can still get, check that out on GamecockCentral.com. He's got it all laid out for you. But it's kind of a natural lead into some position battles, so... Here's one I wanted to ask you about, Wes, because you wrote about six early position battles to watch for spring football once that officially gets going next month. One guy listed that I feel like personally has been kind of undervalued or to make up a word today, under-talked about, under-discussed is probably a better word, Nick Gargiulo, the Yale transfer, he's now at 310 pounds, 20 pounds heavier than his listed weight with Yale. This is a guy that was an all-Ivy performer, smart dude, experienced dude, has played left tackle and moved to center last year for Yale where he had his best season. And that's kind of where South Carolina has been eyeing him. I know you mentioned him, Wes, in your offensive line, you know, battles, breakdown. And, and really, we think we know a few spots or we, we know the most likely outcomes, but there are a couple of spots up for grabs in spring ball on the offensive line. Well, and I, I actually started um, with the – a lot of times you see these articles and you'll see like – it's like a buzz feed thing. It's like five uh, – the five best shoes if you're going on a hike this weekend. Um, so I started with five. And statistically, people will click articles more if it has a number in the headline for some reason. Started with five, and I actually couldn't cut it down. So six actually ended up being just – it, that's what it needed to be. Uh, but but O-line, even when it was five, was part of this conversation. And what I did, and, and I, I think, you know, when you go into these things, you got to remember, it, it's not, n- nothing is actually locked in. But for the purposes of discussing it and not, like, getting down into the weeds of it, like, you know, Sidney Fugar may come in. We haven't seen him play at the SEC level. He may have a great offseason, and they may be like, this guy is way too good not to play. Um, you know, one of the guys that redshirted last year may just take a huge step forward. That's what makes sports great. You, you don't actually know. But, you know, for this article and this discussion, I felt the safest way to go about it was to kind of just go off of what they did in the bowl game and then go from there. Because, you know, one value from having guys sit out the bowl game, Chris, is that you already know who was next. So... You know, you don't have to project, well, hey, Dylan Wanham is not back on this year's football team. He wasn't on the bowl roster either. You get to see Tyshawn Wanamaker as your right tackle. So I took it, I took the approach of, look, Jalen Nichols, he started at left tackle in the bowl game. Let's pencil him, not, you know, not make it permanent, but let's pencil him in at left tackle. Let's pencil in Ja'Kai Moore at left guard. They sort of made that move uh, kind of down the stretch of last year and, and stuck with it. Although I still do kind of like Ja'Kai at tackle, but um, here nor there. Tyshawn, pencil him in at right tackle. 
you kind of feel like those three guys are on the field because they're returning starters at this point. Then that leaves you with filling a couple holes. Eric Douglas was your starting center for a long time. Javon Gwynn was your starting other guard for a long time. So to me, you actually kind of, I boiled it down to three guys competing for two spots. And that would be, uh, as you said, Garjula, who's transferring in from Yale. Then, of course, Vershawn Lee, who has started during his career, and Trey Jones. So I, I think Trey Jones can be a little bit of a forgotten guy at times, but has played well when he has been in there and has um, pushed for playing time at times during his career. So I sort of look at it like Garjulo is probably a center. Vershawn Lee has mainly played guard in his career, but I think has snapped at times in practice. Trey Jones, when he arrived at South Carolina, was talked about as a potential center. So it's always going to be about getting the best five on the field, Chris. Um, but but that's kind of where I landed, just sort of trying to at least put some structure into the conversation right now without the fact uh, you know, that, that some guy could come out of nowhere and push into a, a starting conversation here. And some positional versatility for really all those guys. I mean, if you really think about it, uh, probably more so with, say, a Ja'Kai Moore who could always go play tackle. Um, Tyshawn Wanamaker has spent more time at tackle but could, can play inside if he want to. Mentioned Jones. He's he's an interior guy. Vershawn Lee has played tackle in his career. So you've kind of got it six guys for five spots. Let me throw this one at you because I agree with your assessment totally. What about Kaysen Henry? Is he guy seven at a tackle spot? Yeah, I think he could be. Um, I'll throw this right back at you. How many true freshmen are on the two deep come week three of the season? You know, I, I mean, yeah. could could a guy like Big Tree, um, you know, Tree Babalade, could he be in the mix at a tackle spot? Um, could Marky Anderson, who is already on campus, be in the mix somewhere? Um, you know, Trevon Ball is a forgotten guy, I think, who's already pretty far along as an interior lineman who could potentially get into the mix. This freshman class, you don't really look at freshmen and say, oh, they, they're going to play early, they're going to start early. However, there's enough talent in this freshman class on the offensive line that I sit there and say it's very hard to pinpoint which one, but just statistically, I can almost guarantee one of them out of the group is going to come in and just be too good not to at least be in the conversation, I think. All right, go run into our last timeout. Come back and wrap up the day. Here on the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour, presented by Firehouse Subs. It's the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour. Presented by Firehouse Subs. Founded by Firemen. With Chris Clark, Wes Mitchell, and Tyler Head. On your home of the Gamecocks. 107.5 The Game. Back here on the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour, presented by Firehouse Subs. Tyler West and Chris along with you for a few more minutes. Of course, the halftime show with Jay and Terry coming up at the top of the hour. Going back to what you guys were talking about uh, before we head into hit our last break there, these position battles along the offensive line with so many new pieces in place battling for these spots. How much are we going to be able to learn through spring about who are going to be the guys when fall rolls around? With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. 
It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I mean, this is a program that's very much, uh, like many, into competition. So I don't know necessarily if we're going to get some official word on all these. You know, I, I think for the most part, we've seen they'll, they'll want these battles to continue. They'll want for the guys to continue to do whatever they did in the spring and to carry that into the summer and into fall camp. You know, however, that being said, I, I think we'll have an idea on some of these uh, on what direction it's headed. And then on others, you know, there'll, there'll probably still be some question marks. I mean, we don't really have necessarily all the time to dive into it, but I think you look at that edge spot, you look at running back. I mean, those are the two positions I think you circle and say are maybe the highest concern right now. You need to have there, – there's several guys on there you could circle and say, you know, they, they need to have a big spring. And I, I also think those are the spots most likely for South Carolina to go out and add transfer portal guys at as well. So – and again, that's something that's great in theory, but who are – the transfer portal guys that they go and get? Are they able to get a difference maker at those positions, or are they more able to get guys who are just kind of uh, filling in and plugging a hole until you can maybe bring along some of your younger players or recruit your way out of it? So those are questions I feel like there are some things we're just not going to have an answer to this spring. And that is an important distinction, I think, between the offensive line where – you know, South Carolina's going to keep an eye on the portal even in the offensive line. So maybe you bring somebody in, but the priorities are definitely not there as much as, say, edge or running back. The offensive line, I think it's a question of mixing and matching the guys you've already gotten. And I think you look back historically, we've seen some guys exit spring as this, you know, starter, number one on the depth chart, whatever, however you want to think about it. We've seen some guys exit as kind of, you know, there's two guys battling for one spot. We've also seen, you know, by the time the season rolls around, that ends up changing. But but that's an important distinction between the offensive line and edge or running back. Tell you about that a little bit more in a minute. But first, I want to tell you a little bit about Amy Mason Cup State Farm. All across the country, drivers have been reaping the rewards of safer driving with the updated Drive Safe and Save app from State Farm. It has dynamic new features like interactive maps, and driving tips, and you can earn up to 30% savings on your insurance by getting that if you just download the Drive Safe and Save app from State Farm or stop by your local agent's office. My family was looking to switch and save. We called Amy Mason Cup State Farm, and she took care of the rest. Can help you out with all sorts of policies, home, auto, business, boat, renter's insurance, life insurance, and much more. Whatever your needs are, Amy Mason Cup State Farm will have you covered. You visit her website, amymasoncup.com. That's Amy, M-A-S-I-N-C-U-P-P. And let her help your family just like she helped mine. Or you can give her a call, 803-772-5554. Yeah, I, I totally agree with Wes in that, you know, offensive line, you may not have any additions. You know, you may see, you know, maybe a freshman jumps into the two deep. I don't think we anticipate any freshman starters ultimately exiting the spring or exiting preseason. But when you look at edge and running back, 
those are a couple where you go, okay, there's going to be a number one coming out of the spring. And I certainly think Jordan Strong at Edge is going to remain a number one. But the other spot, is it Tonka Hemingway, you know, coming out of the spring or during the season? Does he play there a little bit? Is it, say, a Tyreek Johnson or a Terrell Dawkins or a Brian Thomas Jr., somebody else, and then you get the spring portal, the post-spring portal window, May 1st through 15th, and ultimately you end up getting somebody else as your starter by the time you're kicking off against UNC? I think that's a very fair question, and same at running back. And I, I think if you want to talk about guys we're most intrigued to see, you know, sometimes it's just more so about the player himself. Uh, you know, Lenora Sellers, I'm extremely interested, especially after watching him some this year, watching him in camp settings, watching him shrine ball practice, seeing him sort of take that jump into SEC play. He'll be a guy that I'm kind of glued to this spring, but that doesn't mean you're expecting or that you're anticipating for him to be like the guy. You know, obviously Spencer Rattler is your starting quarterback. Luke Doty is your backup at this point. And, you know, there's maybe a, a fight for number three there. But that that's more just about who he is as a player. When it comes to some of these other spots, it's more, I guess I would say, in the context of, hey, there's a need here. There's a need for somebody to step up and play and take a spot. So Mario Anderson, as he makes that jump from Newberry, you know, to South Carolina, to the SEC, I'm, I'm going to kind of be glued to him and see – you know, is is this a guy who can come in and be dynamic? Is it more like he's going to be maybe your typical average SEC running back? Is he an above-average SEC running back? We've seen, especially at that position, guys sort of be able to make that step up in competition. And, you know, I think Carolina's going to have enough firepower within the passing game, getting Rattler back, getting Juice Wells back, putting guys around him where they're going to feel pretty good about the passing game they're going to feel pretty good about this offense. And the offensive line, I would say questions, I feel pretty confident, pretty comfortable there. They've got the guys on campus already to answer those questions. You sort of get to running back, you get to edge, and that's where you say, you know, these are real questions. Like, these are question marks. And we may not have the answers at the end of spring, but if someone like Mario Anderson could come in and have a fantastic spring, then that would go really far for South Carolina feeling better about that position moving forward. All right, that'll do it for today's edition of the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs. Tyler Wes and Chris will be back with you tomorrow. And don't forget, James Hicks is going to be joining us from the baseball team for the Garnet Trust Hour tomorrow morning from 10 until 11. Halftime show with Jay and Terry coming up next right here on 107.5 The Game.